you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And you know what? Missouri has not punted since the South Carolina game, and wouldn't it be nice to keep that streak going for two games in a row against Barry Odom? And certainly, I've got lots of Arkansas football news and notes I want to get to for that particular ball game. Also, I want to talk a little bit about tonight's Oregon-Missouri basketball game, including the Dana Altman and Missouri connection that you just might not be aware of. But first, you know what? This has been such a weird year, of course, on so many levels. But specifically from the Missouri football perspective, for my entire life, it's been really easy to gauge fan excitement at Furrow Field because, well, quite honestly, if Missouri was winning and people were hopping on the bandwagon, the stadium was full. But this season, it was tough to figure out in game one how excited people were for the Drinkwitz era. And as it continues, I'm really just, it's unclear to me, are people hopping on this bandwagon or not? And also, maybe part of that is the schedule, too. Not only is it disjointed, but of course, it's also a lot higher bar to clear than we would have had originally in the 2020 schedule. So you know what? Let's take a look back at that original 2020 schedule. What if the pandemic never happened? What if we were proceeding as normal in the 2020 season? Well, one thing's pretty clear is that if that would have happened, Missouri would have started 4-0, more than likely. But then again, of course, the schedule's so different, you can't guarantee anything. But of course, Missouri would have opened with Central Arkansas. There's a victory. Vanderbilt, again, game two, maybe Vanderbilt is a little bit more ready to play. I'll still give us a victory there at South Carolina week three. Well, again, week three, perhaps the Gamecocks weren't as ready as ready to roll over. But for the, for the purposes of this discussion, let's just assume the same results, okay? So there's another victory. Eastern Michigan at home. Now you're looking at 4-0. At Tennessee, I'll assume another loss there. Now you're looking at 4-1. Basically, you know, BYU, I'll assume a loss there too. They're a top 15, top 10 kind of squad. Haven't played Georgia yet. Let's assume a loss there. Kentucky, win. Mississippi State, win. Florida, loss. And then the last two games, Missouri's favored by three against Arkansas. For the sake of this discussion, I'll give them a victory. And Louisiana, Another assumed victory by me, although possibly a tough game, quite honestly. So my point is, if Missouri ends up doing what I predicted there, and just a very quick look at the schedule, they go 8-4. and four. But in this season, with those same, very similar results, we'll go 6-4. and four. And frankly, any Missouri fan should be thrilled with a 6-4 and four result. When Blake predicted that, when Blake Stark predicted a possible 6-4 and four finish for Missouri at the start of this season. I thought he was way too optimistic. But you know what? Here we are, and it's looking quite possible. I'm just wondering, are people as psyched as I think they should be? Because in year one here, I was not expecting this. 
And frankly, if year one, if Missouri would have went eight and four in a normal type season, if they were sitting here looking at that type of record down the stretch here, I'd like to think we'd be getting 60 plus thousand in the stadium, but maybe not. I honestly can't figure out how excited people are for this because, well, two of those added games, one of them was a beat down by Alabama, obviously. A lot of people have gotten those and a lot worse, quite frankly. But the LSU game, that was an exciting one. That was a thrilling victory and one that, again, you'd think would juice the fan base. But maybe my point is, maybe all these head coaches who were worried about, oh, if we expand to an all-SEC schedule, well, that'll be the end of our profession. Nobody will ever be happy. Maybe they have a point there. But again, it's 2020 and I have no real way to gauge this without fans. What do you guys think? Are you seeing more people talk about Mizzou football? Those of you, if you if you own Rally House downtown, are you seeing more sales? Anything. I'd just like to see a metric that has the fan base as excited as, frankly, I am. Because the Eli Drinkwitz era is off to a much better start than I expected it to be. And I was one of the people who was very excited about him being hired. So, so far, all systems are go. And, you know, we've talked in this space a fair bit about the free season that 2020 is. Speaking of how weird this year has been, well, I've been speculating that there wouldn't be a, t- a, a huge amount of seniors who would take the Tigers or the NCAA, however you want to look at it. I didn't think there would be that many players who would take them up on the on the free year, as it were. But there was one guy that I thought was a good chance would take them up on their free offer, and that's punter Grant McKinnis. And long story short, because the Georgia game is probably going to be played, but it's not a definite, that's for sure, Missouri listed 17 seniors who will be honored before Saturday's game. So essentially, this will be the senior day. Now, not not listed among those 17 players was Grant McKinnis. So, hey, there's a win for me. But you know what? Four additional players that I certainly didn't predict, including Kobe Whiteside, was the biggest surprise to me. Sounds like there's a good chance Kobe could come back next season. Obviously, he's missed a lot of time with injury this year and maybe definitely hasn't had the kind of production that he would have liked. So now that I think about it, him coming back makes quite a bit of sense. And also, Micah Wilson, wide receiver, linebacker Jamal Brooks, and another and an outside linebacker, Cy Martin, also guys who may come back for one more season for the Tigers. Now, just to be clear, this isn't official. If, if a guy goes through the ceremony, he can still certainly decide to come back next season. There's nothing binding about walking on senior day, but I guess it would be a little awkward if you walked on senior day and, hey guys, I'm back. What's going on? But it, it's possible. That could definitely happen. That's a possibility that Eli specifically brought up with the press this week. Now that's certainly a lot of ins and outs and a lot of what have yous for the 2020 season. And well, I know Eli Drinkwitz may like to hit reset button and chill in a different way. But frankly, if I were him, I would reach for that cold mountain refreshment that is Coors Light. Have you ever gotten a text message, for instance, in the morning from somebody and you just weren't quite sure how to answer it yet, and then you let hours and hours go by, and you just have this feeling in the back of your head like, oh no, 
They're expecting me to answer this text message. They're so mad at me right now. Ah, work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues all on your phone that expect you to be on 24 hours a day. Well, to heck with that. Sometimes you need a moment just to turn off and hit reset. Well, that's when you reach for Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. And obviously, Coors is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And since I have two back-to-back live reads here, well, I'm going to need a bit of a boost. And what better way to get something in my gullet than Built Bar? Because the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever with six new flavors, including carrot cake and lemon almond cheesecake. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. But on top of that, Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. So how can you go wrong? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And again, either late tonight or early tomorrow morning, possibly depending on my state of, well, pr- frankly, my blood alcohol content. It, it may depend on that, depending on who I watch the game with tonight, but also a bit of a late night, let's be honest. I don't know how many of you are really going to be staying up past, say, 11 o'clock or so to really get my hot basketball takes, but if you do, well, you're a real one, and I appreciate it. But again, next episode, definitely a Mizzou-Oregon hoops recap. But for now, let's stick with football, as certainly this Saturday's game is a matchup of two potential SEC Coach of the Year candidates. And really, when you break it down, it kind of comes down to how you look at Coach of the Year, right? Now, some people would say, for in the, in the NFL, for instance, well, actually, let's just stick with the SEC, since this is a Mizzou show, right? So, one argument would be in the SEC that Nick Saban should essentially win Coach of the Year Every single season, unless, you know, maybe instead of last year when LSU ran the table and won the whole thing. So the coach of the year is more like the MVP or the Heisman Trophy and that we should just vote for the absolute apex predator at the position. But then there's the other school of thought, which is, well, which coach exceeded our expectations? And by our, I mean those of us in the media. So if you're going to vote for a guy who exceeded expectations, well, it's got to be either Eli Drinkwitz or Sam Pittman. And frankly, well, as great as Eli has been this year and as happy as I've been with him, it's hard to say that anybody's exceeded expectations more than Arkansas. They've won, gosh, one SEC game in the last two or three years or so. I mean, it's it's truly, truly been a struggle for the Hogs, and they've been very, very competitive this year. 
Sam Pittman deserves huge credit for that, and frankly, so does their defensive coordinator, of course, Mr. Barry Odom. And you know what? Barrett Bannister and Martez Manuel, a receiver and safety for Missouri, respectively, both had really nice things to say about Coach Odom. You know, but also at the same time, Martez Manuel, who's a Colombian native, also, uh, you know, said that this is definitely juicing the rivalry for as much as he loves Coach Odom. For him, this felt like this game really feels like a rivalry almost for the first time ever to him. So interesting words there from Martez Manuel, I thought. And obviously the familiarity between Missouri and Barry Odom isn't just, you know, some interpersonal drama. It's also very much a reality that's going to play itself out on the football field. In terms of, well, obviously, Barry Odom is going to know the Missouri defense, and most importantly, its personnel, better than anybody possibly could in all of college football. So what an interesting matchup, right? But then on the other side of the equation, you've got Ryan Walters, who has to know Barry Odom's, the ins and outs of how he thinks and his defense and his tendencies as far as, oh, well, what does he like to play in this situation, in third and long, or in the red zone, whatever it might be. Frankly, this is this will be this is never going to happen. But if you could ever get, you know, say a feed of hearing the offensive and defensive coordinators, if you could hear their headsets, maybe just post game you could hear it. Again, we're never going to get allow get this kind of access. But I'm telling you, that would be really fascinating stuff to listen to for a football nerd like myself. Just hearing. The gamesmanship, that sort of cat and mouse thing that is is just an enormous part of football, especially in a game where Missouri is a three-point favorite, a game that's obviously expected to be close. And and speaking of that three-point edge that Vegas is giving Missouri right now, at least the odds makers, well, on tally site where you can follow all my picks along, So far, the experts on that site, of which there are many, by the way, including Mina Kimes, Stanford Steve, I mean, you name it, the the people are being followed on there, their picks, five to one, Arkansas betters over Missouri. I'll say that, that ratio surprised me quite a bit, but, you know, again, it just, just goes to show you that both teams have outpaced expectations Missouri 5 and 2 on the year against the spread and Arkansas 6 and 2 on the year against the spread. Now, in my world that is what a coach of the year is made of. Win me some money, guys. And also I've got an interesting note on how Eli Drinkwitz does in these types of spot as a head coach, but first, these quick messages. Tomorrow is Crossover Thursday all across the Locked On NFL network of podcasts and well on my side hopefully on Friday I'll get the locked on Razorbacks host in here but you know what crossover Thursday a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game for your fantasy team or your NFL parlay crossover Thursday is only on the locked on podcast network your team every day and honestly I'm still making my mind up on whether I want to give the three with Missouri or not. I'm just a little bit hesitant for some reason, although the Tigers have played really well here lately. But if you want, you know, one rule I always have is take a look at 
if you're if you're unsure, take one more look at the quarterbacks and the head coaches. Well, how about that head coach? How about Eli Drinkwitz? Well, in just a season and a half, approximately as a coach, you know, a, a, a seven and seven games here with Missouri, one season at Appalachian State, he's had seven games where the point spread was within seven points, and in all seven games. His teams not only covered the spread, but they won outright. Now, obviously, seven games, not exactly the world's biggest sample size. I know, we all have to do that caveat now, right? But still, that's something. That's something to play with there, and certainly something I'm going to keep in mind. And also, on the positive side, Missouri will have 61 scholarship players available this week, and that's quite a few more than have been recently. I believe against South Carolina, Missouri actually played under the recommended 53-man minimum. But Eli Drinkowitz actually sounded relieved. I think believe he even used the word relieved in his press conference when talking about having that many guys available. And I think we saw quite clearly in the Vanderbilt game what a difference having Kobe Whiteside back, Trey John Jeffcoat, and certainly on the offensive line, that was really noticeable. Having Barry, uh, I'm sorry, Larry Borum. I just realized that Barry Odom and Larry Borum kind of weirdly sound alike. But yes, and it tripped me up, my, tripped up my tiny brain there. But no, Larry Borum and Xavier Delgado, just having those two offensive linemen back obviously made an enormous difference. And just the Missouri offense just hummed, especially the running game, pass protection made all the difference in the world, and hopefully that'll continue against what is a okay, you know, Barry Odom and Arkansas defense, I guess. I mean, they haven't been a complete disaster like they have been the last couple seasons. They've definitely improved, but let's not pretend like this unit is a bunch of world beaters either. And while he may not be a world beater, there is a kid on Missouri's football team that's definitely a football beater, and that's Sean Ketting. Now, if you've thought to yourself, does this guy kick it out of the end zone every single time? Well, literally no, but almost, yes. 35 kickoffs, 33, that's right, only two have been returned. Two of his 35 kickoffs have been returned. The other 33 have been touchbacks, and that's the best percentage in the nation, folks. So pretty impressive to find that kid from Rockbridge High School. Now, quickly, let's just talk some basketball here to finish it out. Obviously, a good pickup for Missouri to have this Oregon game here on short notice. Glad they were able to do it because, frankly, we needed another non-conference opponent and another good quality non-conference opponent. But, you know, for all the everything I've seen written about this game so far, the one thing that is unsaid is, frankly, I have it on pretty good authority. We're talking, eh, Third-hand information here, but I trust my source in this particular instance that Dana Altman was very, very interested in the Missouri job at one point in his life. And I've just always found that to be an interesting what-if because Altman has been excellent at Oregon, really. I mean, he hasn't won any national championships or anything, but think about it. Just because you've got a bunch of money, a bunch of Nike money, 
washing around on the campus in Eugene, well, that doesn't guarantee you anything, especially if that university is focused primarily on football. I mean, really, if you think about it, in the Power Five, only Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky, maybe Louisville, only those are the, and I really can't put Indiana in that class anymore, those are really only the five programs in Power Five that have a primary just number one focus is on the basketball program. So to me, what or, what Dana Altman's been able to do at Oregon, taking a, you know, not exactly historically great program or anything and making them into a perennial contender team that goes far in the tournament, just an impressive job. And as for tonight's game in Altman's old stomping grounds in Omaha, Altman used to be the coach of Creighton at one point in his career. Well, the Tigers are getting four points tonight against the number 21 team in the Associated Press. Frankly, I'd probably stay away from this one. I, I want to believe, I really do, but that's just that, that's not enough points for me. If it had been seven or eight, I'd have taken the Tigers and felt pretty good about it. But four, I don't know if that's maybe not enough respect for Oregon, too much for Missouri, at least for, for me to totally buy in. I'm just a little bit hesitant. I'm once once bitten, twice shy with these Conzo Martin Tigers. But honestly, game one, Oral Roberts, I really liked what I saw, liked the pace. And honestly, the pace is something I'm really going to be watching tonight because can Missouri keep this up? Do they want to keep this up? How much are they going to push it? Because Oregon, the last two or three seasons, certainly last season was one of the absolutely slowest teams in all of basketball but they scored pretty efficiently but they definitely slowed it down tried to keep the pace tried to keep it toward a half court game I'll be interested to see if Missouri is able to actually push the pace or if it gets to be maybe how Oregon wants it and frankly considering this is the Ducks first game of the season so far it's hard to know what to expect from them Peyton Pritchard you might remember him He's gone now, off to the NBA, and a lot of their offense ran through Pritchard, so who knows if maybe they'll be more of a front court focused team offensively. Again, they haven't played yet. I have absolutely no idea what to expect, so going into some in-depth preview of Oregon at this point, I'm not sure how, how valuable that would be for you, the listener. But you know what? One final interesting note here actually has something to do with, I know, I don't want to talk about it either. The coronavirus. But seriously, the CDC has announced that they're decreasing their quarantine period, their recommended quarantine period from 14 days to now a 7 to 10 day window. Which means, well, I immediately actually thought of the Missouri women who are going to be off the court until December 13th. Well, obviously, if you do the math there, Does that mean Missouri can maybe reschedule some of those games, get back on the court a little sooner? Can't, you know, get those games back, a game or two back on the schedule that they had previously canceled if they're outside of that seven to 10 day range? I don't know. Just something to keep in mind. And really, that should just make it a little bit easier. The practical reality is that should make it easier to hopefully get this college basketball season in. And with that said, see you all next time. After the Oregon-Missouri basketball game, I'll have a big recap for you. And certainly on Friday, a big-time, in-depth 
Arkansas preview. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.